The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Sendo. For more information, visit villagesendo.org. And good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Great. Always great to get the thumbs up. So my name is uh, Secho, and I'm a senior student here at the Zendo. And I'm joining from the Bay Area. So it's even earlier in the morning <laughs> out here, quite a bit earlier. And here we are, and the time is just now. I remember a few years ago uh, when the full solar eclipse was coming around and uh, in the west among other places uh, that we we drove out to the wilds of uh, Idaho to see it and at a along the way at a funky cafe in Elko, Nevada, of all places, there was this old style analog clock, you know, with um, minute hand and a second hand. And instead of numbers all around the clock, it said, now, 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 now. So it's so refreshing to just be now. Right, or as uh, Ryotan was speaking of uh, Ryotan Roshi in his talk during our Zazenkai yesterday of just showing up. And in that talk, uh, he spoke of showing up as just the ordinary activity of being bodhisattvas. Really took the pressure off. Here we are, right? Just showing up. And it, it reminds me of something that Shunryu Suzuki Roshi said about enlightenment. He said, enlightenment is an accident and Zazen makes us accident prone. Isn't that great? And it really, cuts through this uh, gaining idea of what we're doing and how we're being. Because truly, we do just keep showing up, sitting upright, walking steadily, and fully inhabiting our life. And I'll tell you, and in a way I don't have to tell you, that it's hard sometimes. And it's been hard in a particular way out here in California, in the Bay Area. It's been hard this week where the emerging reality is that even without wildfires, air quality is poor much of the time. In fact, before, Well, just a few minutes ago, I turned off the air purifier that goes while I'm sitting with you. 
just like in the old days at Grail House during the heat of the summer, we'd be blasting these fans during Zazen. And then it, when it was time for the talk, <laughs> get very quiet. So it has that quality here as well. And this past week, as best I can remember, there were more so-called bad air days than good ones. Not horrendous, not like during the wildfire season, and yet not as it was when I moved here less than a, a, a decade ago. Where I remember the rolling in of the fog was just this miraculously enlivening time in the air, crisp and cool. But not so much of the time now. And I feel that loss. You know, each of us has felt loss. The pain of it and the shift and how you and I live. Here, that means that I check the weather in the morning. And what I mean by that is I check the air quality index. I have an app on my phone. And I check it to gauge when and whether to go for a walk and where exactly to do that. I adjust my schedule to ensure that I do get out in clean air as it's available, not always available. And some days it's like a snow day in the Northeast. Just can't go out. It's also cold. It's cold from the layer of smoke, the inversion layer. And many mornings, this feeling shows up in my body. And I recognize it as grief. But what's remarkable, and it's remarkable through our practice, is that when I feel that deeply, often right here, tightness in the chest, what it opens to, the specificity of it, the tingling of it, it's heartbreak. And that heartbreak reconnects me. And what I notice is that it's love. At its core, it's love. Because that heartbreak opens to appreciating the raw tenderness of this quality of being real, of really touching what's real. And at the heart of that reality is that we truly are in this together. And in that dying, if you will, of that sense of loss by touching into that love, you and I touch in to a quality of timelessness. 
And that's really important. A local resident out here, well into her 90s now, Joanna Macy, a Buddhist teacher, deep ecologist, activist, really uh, in many ways, I think, a, a prophet in our time, in our midst. She writes, you're always asked to stretch a little bit more. And actually we're made for that. But in any case, there's absolutely no excuse for making our passionate love for our world dependent on what we think of its degree of health, whether we think it's going to go on forever. This moment, you're alive. And in her uh, quite amazing book, World as Lover, World as Self, she speaks of three stories of our world. The first is business as usual. Endless growth, consumption. Second story, the great unraveling, which she describes as the ongoing collapse of life forms and human structures which is what happens when ecological, biological, and social systems are commodified by an industrial growth society or business as usual. And she writes, I like the term unraveling because systems don't just fall over dead. They fray at first slowly, then progressively lose their coherence, integrity, and memory. And then she writes of a third story called The Great Turning. And she speaks of it as the transition to a life-sustaining society. And this connects to me with this verse in the Song of Enlightenment. In the Shadoka, there's this verse. Not supposing something is the Tathagata, this is truly called Kuan Yin, the Bodhisattva who sees freely. When awakened, we find karmic hindrances fundamentally empty. But when not awakened, we must repay all our debts. So, ta ta ta. You can almost hear it, but there's a metronome going. Ta ta ta. Suchness is the nature of this Tathagata that he references. The one who is neither coming or going, just is. Or we could say that just showing up, being our true self, which is immediate and intimate with all that is, that is our life. And to be alive is not to suppose something or someone is showing up. It's just showing up. Here we are, being one with that activity, and that's freedom. And that's actually what we actualize as bodhisattvas, as awakening beings. And that's the great turning. Then conditions of our life are just ingredients. 
as our ancestor, Bernie Roshi said, then we can make the supreme meal. We're free to act. We don't have to wait. We're free to love. And to be free, I've got to let go of worry. And if I don't, it's like being in debt. As in the song, when not awakened, we must repay all our debts. But when I'm fully, say, grieving, there's nothing but grief. Something opens and we could call it empty. We could call it full. Or we could call it love, intimacy. And then you and I can respond as Kuan Yin. And this is our resilience. And it reminds me very much of a koan, uh, which appears both in the Mumon Khan and also in the Book of Serenity. So in the Book of Serenity, it's referred to as Baijiang's fox. And essentially, this old fellow is turned into a fox, an old fox, a very old fox. And why? Because years earlier, he asks the great Buddha of that age, and I'll quote here from the koan. In antiquity, in the time of the ancient Buddha, Kashyapa, I lived on this mountain. And he was the head of a monastery. A student asked, does a greatly, in this, in this version of it, does a greatly cultivated man, you could say, an awake person, enlightened, still fall into cause and effect or not? I answered him, he does not fall into cause and effect. And I fell into a wild fox body for 500 lives. And so he asks Baijiang, the great teacher, please free me with a turning word. And Baijiang says, he's not blind to cause and effect. In the Mumon Khan, the word is not blind, it's it, he does not ignore. So we show up, we don't ignore, we don't ignore grief. We don't ignore rage. We don't ignore anxiety, but we need it. Need it. And then just like that fox, we're free to transform. In the story, he dies, he's freed from that fox body. At the same time, 
everything is different. The transformation body is the whole universe. Free to respond. And you know, it's not only meeting climate crisis. As we all know, it's meeting whatever's going on for you. And with all our relations, near and far, and throughout space and time. And it's funny where this kind of, you could say deep truth pops up, shows up. One of the places it showed up recently is in a Disney series of all places for kids. I don't know if you've seen it. I love it particularly because it features time travel. It's called The Secrets of Sulphur Springs. And it's about two friends, both 12 year olds, one black bodied, one white bodied, one female, one male, cisgender. And they find a time portal in the basement of a haunted hotel in a small Louisiana town. And this is interesting. They travel first back to 1990, their parents' era, <laughs> then 1960, then 1930. And if you have an opportunity to see it, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but I will say one of the um, one of the turnings in that time travel, uh, and the um, creator of the series uh, spoke about this, that the reason for those three time periods is that you're telling a multi-generational story that along with other things shows the impact of racism and how different characters find, well, this is what I found anyway, resilience and reconciliation and even some reparation in meeting those particular conditions with creative partnership. And there are moments where ancestors and descendants meet, but we don't need a fictional story to meet our ancestors or our descendants. We're doing it as we keep showing up because bodhisattvas, just like the Shadoka tells us, really do see freely. And there's a, a beautiful responsibility that comes with seeing. Thich Nhat Hanh, who of course has been, I really do feel his continuation through our practice. 
He wrote in his classic book, Peace is Every Step, Mindfulness in Everyday Life. He wrote about that seeing. Mindfulness must be engaged. Once there is seeing, there must be acting. Otherwise, what's the use of seeing? And there's a beautiful song by a group called Mamuse. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called We Shall Be Known. Yeah. It goes, we shall be known by the company we keep. By the ones who circle round tend these fires. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. Now I want you to imagine a whole chorus of voices in harmony. You can find them on YouTube. It is time now, it is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. Now, a few weeks ago in the early morning, just before sunrise, this poem came to me. No melody. But the last lines, the turning, no more grief. These were the last lines. Love being cause, well, I'll read the whole thing. Well, well, early morning, fog, cold and wet. Fresh stillness. Even the freeway is quiet at this hour. All is well. I hear your voices affirming, encouraging, breath and posture aligned. By which to say, problems remain, but I am not worried. Mine eyes see glory, hallelujah. This foxy path, no longer so clever, so tricky. We kneel down now on Freedom Road, love being cause and effect, arising together, coming close and going far, this wild world dawning. <laughs> 